Hadassah, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Real Woman, Real Torah, a project of Bacheva Learning Center. We're here to offer you an authentic Torah learning experience, produced for women, by women. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our monthly Mimer series. Um, in honor of Rosh Chodesh Eir, we're going to be doing a Mimer related to Spiros Eimer. And I'm excited to welcome back uh, Zizi Zirkind. You might remember Zizi did our <laughs> first ever uh, podcast series uh, last year, right before Purim. Um, and we're excited to have her back for another episode. Um, Zizi, you can introduce, introduce yourself a little bit and um, tell us a little bit about the mind we're, that we're going to be learning. Okay. Um, well, there's not much to introduce. <laughs> so <laughs> we maybe we can skip the introduction and introduce just the mimer, but um, I'll introduce you. Maybe, maybe my way. Lizzie <laughs> has years of experience uh, teaching high school, um, Hasidus, and other subjects. Right? Lizzie um, yes. uh, also has taught multiple of our Hasidus courses in the past, and she is a very learned, scholarly woman. And we're honored to have her back here. How's that? <laughs> Okay, f- fair enough. Um, so the maybe also by way of like a little self self introduction. This is a memory I learned um, many times because I've like connected to many of the ideas in the mimer. So um, definitely like at the um, when I first started really learning Chassidus, this was one of the first mimer that I actually learned um, quite thoroughly and then gave over and taught to other people. So. I connected to it kind of specifically um, and the idea is definitely like over time it's probably been like um, 10 years or so since I learned it so over time I think I've learned it on different levels and different um, parts of the memory have resonated um, with me in different ways as I've sort of as my life has progressed so the so this mimer talks about um, a pasuk in Vayikra and it also then um, um, discusses how this um, process of karbanes that is discussed in Vayikra is also the process of Pesach um, through Sefirah Saimer and Shavuos. The Rebbe also references this idea from this mimer in a number of sikhas, so it's an idea that's discussed in a number of places of Hasidus. So this is the vaida of transforming the animal self, which is what Sfira is about and really what all of you know what a big chunk of Tanya is about and um our our, our main avaida the avaida of like changing ourselves like achieving true lasting meaningful transformation that's what's discussed over here and that's really what Spirit Simer is about like taking the soul apart and and transforming it part by part to hopefully achieve something to become this person that's ready to receive the tarot you know I just want to so say that I of, yeah yeah I like I thought to ask Yisky to do this episode because I went to a class of hers here in LA and she taught it. And, you know, I feel like the idea that's discussed in this mime or something that comes up a lot in Hasidus and it's almost like things that you've heard too many times become like a sort of cliche or trite after a while. And, right. you know, listening to that class, I, I could tell from the way you were teaching it that you had really like, like processed it in a very um, personal and, and thorough way. And it, to me, it kind of opened up a new way of thinking about these ideas, even though they were things that I've almost like learned so many times. So yeah, I'm excited to go through that journey again <laughs> um, with this mirror. Awesome. 
Um, so maybe we'll start with Sphera, which is sort of the ending of the mimer, but we'll start with it because that's sort of the, the time relevant information. And then we could go back and see how um, the, the path that the mimer sort of takes to get there. So basically when, when, the, the, when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, it says um, that Kibarachaam, that the nation ran, they escaped. So it's an interesting um, language, um, escaping because we know that Paray actually asked them to leave. The whole point my show was saying was that we're not gonna escape. We're not gonna leave in the middle of the night like slaves. We're gonna go by day, you know, proud to leave. We were told that we can leave, you know, that's it. We're done with being slaves. So why, what was the need for the escape? Um, and it's explained that at the time of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, it was, there, Yetzirah Mitzrayim was a great revelation of godliness from above. Hashem um, revealed this massive energy of freedom into the world and, and into the Jewish people, and, and we accepted him. But at the same time, we had been like down in the dumps of Mitzrayim for a long time. So even though there was a revelation of godliness, it was coming from above, and therefore it only impacted one level of ourselves. We felt like this immense inspiration and the Jewish people were excited to leave and happy to leave Mitzrayim, but there was still a necessity for escape, not from the Egyptians, but from the part of ourselves that isn't impacted by massive inspiration. Inspiration impacts one level of my soul, but it doesn't impact my entire self. And I think we see this, uh, you could say, on like a very from a religious level all the way to a non-religious experience, like just in our regular life experience, you are inspired to change something, you're inspired to start new habits or, you know, become a better person in whatever way that you want to become that better person. And then as you move back into like your very physical self, regular routine daily life it doesn't that inspiration doesn't go all the way down into that part of ourselves and it just fades away and we stop like it doesn't it, it doesn't actually actualize itself so in that moment of the inspiration the Jews had to run out of Mitzrayim they had to run take advantage of the inspiration take advantage of the revelation of godliness but then we had the 49 days of Shursa Emmer before Malta and Terra because the point is not to stay in that like once we escaped, what's going to happen now, right? We have to draw it down. We have to refine the animal soul. And through that process of refining the animal soul, then I'm going to make the inspiration something permanent and real to enable me to receive further revelations of godliness at Montanterra. That's sort of like the summary of the idea, um, but we will maybe go into it a little more detail from the mimer. Nice. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, um, the mimer opens with the pasuk in Vayikra, and the pasuk says, um, "Adam kiyakrev mikem." When a man brings from amongst you carbon lashem, a carbon for Hashem, min habehema, min abakar, min etzayin kagrivu as karpanchem from a from an animal, from bakar cattle, from etzayin, from sheep you should bring your carbon. And there's a number of questions that the, um, the Altarabah brings on this Pasuk. There's a number of things that seem incongruous, like they don't really, the beginning and the end of the sentence don't really fit, and also some um, syntax issues. So the first question is that the Pasuk starts off in, um, the Pasuk starts off in third person, when a man brings from amongst you, right? And then 
it at the end it says um, it switches to second person. Um, from the animals, you should bring your karma, right? So from a man, third person, to you, which is second person. Um, the second um, odd thing in the pasuk is that it begins singular when a man brings from the from amongst you, um, and therefore there it uses the word adam ki yakriv when he, um, which is singular. And then the second part of the Pasuk says, takrivu as you, like as the collective Jewish people, plural, should bring your karma. And then lastly, another strange point is that it says when a man brings from amongst you. So that's just like syntactically wrong. It's the wrong syntax. It's a strange sentence. Um, if a man from, we would think, if a man from amongst you brings a carbon. If a man brings from amongst you a carbon. Um, it's just, it's, it's the wrong syntax. And again, like I said, like if you just um, listen to it um, for itself and you were being very literal, um, you would think it almost sounds like brings from amongst you, brings, you know, a carbon you're, from amongst you. are going to be the carbon, right. <laughs> exactly, like, like human sacrifice, which is not really our thing. So, um, <laughs> so these are some questions that we have on this puzzle. Um, so the Altarba goes on to explain the idea of Isarusa de la Sata and Isarusa de la Ela. So Isarusa de la Sata, um, or let's start with Isarusa de la Ela. Isarusa de la Ela means an arousal from above. Anytime we are um, doing our Aveda Sashem, it's always, um, there's different ways that it can that it can happen, and there's different starting points where it happens from. And I think um, probably the best, easiest to understand Marshall for this is like in any sort of relationship, right? If there's something wrong, something going wrong. So the question is, who is going to initiate fixing that issue, right? And that's sometimes like sometimes all an issue would would dissolve so easily if one person would just step up, right? And we spend so much time waiting for the other person to initiate the 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 response right and so like as soon as they initiate that's why the problem just falls away right as soon as the other person says just addresses the problem the problem can follow can be solved or fall away we're just like we're waiting for that initiation it makes us feel accepted and loved and want to invest in the relationship right so similarly with our relationship with hashem there are times when hashem actually reaches out to us and draws us up and initiates a relationship with us and what that should inspire within us is like this excitement to do the work that it takes to commit back to the relationship with him so there are, it, it, it can happen in various ways sometimes you know there are certain times of the year when there's just more godly energy um like revelation like a, or during certain yom tevim yom kippur right we know there's an immense revelation of godliness even pesah like all these times of the year there's like this immense revelation of godliness or we all have like our personal experiences with that where like you know people are just you get expired you hear a shear you go to a farbringen you um go to a kumzitz whatever everyone has their own thing that speaks to them pulls at their pulls at their heartstrings right um, but what's sort of happening when you're having an inspiration from above um so the idea is that our nefesh alikis is encompassed within our nefesh abahamis. Our nefesh abahamis is more pro is sort of our or their animal souls are more conscious self, and our nefesh abahamis sort of is like enmeshed within it. What does it mean when I'm getting an arousal from above? Is that my animal soul, my animal soul, is moving away for a little bit, and my nefesh um, alikis is having a moment to shine. So when we say like pulling at the heartstrings, that means like literally like pulling out my nefesh alikis exposing it that's what a revelation of godliness is the problem is that because it's just being exposed only that part of myself is being exposed 
um, the Nefesh HaBahamas is not really impacted at all, right? So it's not, it's not um, being affected. And if we go back to like that relationship example, so if like one person reaches out and the other person, you know, and you're happy and you solve, you know, make up whatever the issue was is, is resolved, unless you get to the core of the issue and actually like change it, this problem is just going to recur again. Because in this moment of like inspiration where both of us are reaching out or one of us reached out and it causes the other person to, to feel good. Yeah, so we feel good in this moment. And we've resolved it on like the level of ourselves that isn't affected by the argument or by the issue. Until I, but if I don't do like the work to get into the, either do the tough work of getting into the nitty gritty details of the issue, work it out, figure out a way, like actually invest my whole self in it that problem is probably just gonna come back again. Right. Right. So similarly, even when we receive like this great um, inspiration, I think this is a complaint that people have all the time. It's like, I I was so excited, I was so inspired, what happened? Like where where did where did all that where did all that energy go that I had? And um, I mean, and, and often like causes people also just like to dismiss certain parts of their lives, right? Like let's say, let's say you did spend a full year engrossed in like learning or something like that and it put you in a certain headspace and on a certain high right and then everyone makes fun of it oh you come home and you just drop everything that that happened and dismisses what that inspiration was as if it's something that's just fake it's not fake but it hasn't been like properly met and internalized and grounded right right kind of makes you like get kind of jaded after a while like burnt out exactly yeah exactly so that's where the Israel de la Sata comes in, the arousal from below. What do we, so first of all, sometimes we just have to start with the, the arousal from below. Sometimes it's just like all nitty gritty, dirty work. Like it's not, never comes with that inspiration. You know, sometimes we know there's something, you're just like recognize that there's something that needs to be worked on, not from an inspiring place. Sometimes it's from a broken place. Sometimes it's from just like, we gotta clean this up, right? So that, is the arousal from below when I when I realize I need to take the step to working with God. And often the arousal from below is a response to the arousal from above. Hashem inspires me. Now I have to do the work to transform myself. Now I have to do the work to transform my Nefesh HaBahamas. And the difference that is gonna happen is if I actually do the work to transform myself and to get into the details, recognize where is my disconnect from God? What is the source of my disconnect from God? What are the parts of my life that are keeping me far from God? That will then, I'm able to drag my Nefesh Bahamas into the equation as well. So it's not just like this moment of revelation of my Nefesh Kiss, but rather that my Nefesh Bahamas becomes aligned with my Nefesh Kiss. My Nefesh Bahamas becomes transparent to my Nefesh Kiss. My Nefesh Kiss is able to shine through my Nefesh Bahamas because that part of my Nefesh Bahamas has been transformed and changed in a real way that's meant much more permanent. So maybe I'll read a little bit from inside about that, that, um, that element. So it says, right. Before you start, maybe just um, for people who are following along, just tell people where you're Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I just have it printed out on one page, though. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So I, I, I exactly have the original, so let me, let me find it. You, um, you, you point it out. Yes. Okay, so it's actually on, on um, so it's, 
page four, right, it's right off or opposite Dothgimmel, and it's the second line from the top of the page. Um, so, like, it's the second page of the mimer, the very top of the second, second line from the top of the page. That's where we're at. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Okay, so the difference between when you have an Isra de la Sata that is, um, which elicits then an Isra de la Ela, Obena Isra de la Sata, Hanimshach Rock Mitzada Isra de la Ela. Um, and an arousal de la sata, an arousal from below, that is that comes about only because of an arousal from above. When there's a true arousal from below, through like hard, hard work, then it becomes something that's able to um, remain around permanently. Become something that's permanent. And through that you'll actually um, when we do our work of this we then get a corresponding re-inspiration from God that will help us take it to an even higher level the next time around, right? Um, um, and this second is going to be like much, much deeper and much more real because you prepared yourself for it before this. And through this second, um, through the response from a God that enters in like a much more real way because I've, pre I've been prepared, um, then I can have the energy to then keep on the work because the work is everlasting and it never, you know, you have to keep on going level to level. But uh, I'm energized to do that because I prepared myself and I received inspiration in a real way. Masha Enkane, because when there, this is not the case, when there isn't the work of the soul, vigias basar and the work of the body, milamata from below, rock but rather he's just like relying on the fact that his soul will be um, aroused from above, and he doesn't prepare himself for another um, arousal from above, his pilus, it's very easy for the excitement to just dissipate and like just leave very quickly. But in lakim and it has no um, permanence. Keep it like RL yaina. Only like during only like the specific um, illumination. Sheinam ira rock base that only comes at like um, special times. So basically, the difference between the two is that one creates something real and permanent, and one just dissipates very quickly. Um, it's similar to the idea um, where we talk about in, in Tazria Matera, the, the concept of Isha ki Tazria, that when the, um, when the woman, in this case the Jewish, the, the Jewish people, initiates the, the relationship, ki Tazria, when the woman is the one who um, sprouts a seed first, whatever that means, when, when she initiates the relationship with Hashem, then Yalda Zahar, which in this case means like something permanent. Right, then she gives birth to something that's real and, real and permanent. So we understand the importance, the necessity for putting in the work. But what does that work kind of look like a little bit? You know, like we, what does it mean to, to, to respond to the Isrusa Delayla? What does it mean to, um, to actually work on my animal soul and to refine my, my animal soul? Um, so the, you know what, let's go back to the Pasuk. And then we'll we'll address it if that works. Okay, so if we go back to Adam Piyakar Mikam, you want to say something? 
No, I was just gonna say, I feel like this is so important because, yeah. again, this idea comes up so often in Chassidus, like, you know, not just not just revealing our nefesh alikis, our godly soul, but also working on our animal yeah. surrogate. You know, what exactly. that actually means in a, in a practical sense, I feel like becomes this, can be sort of elusive sometimes. So. Yes, absolutely. But <laughs> in a more, like, practical sense, so. Yes. Um, so then, so so what what is this Adam Kiyakar of Mikem? So in this case, Adam is actually referring to Hashem. Hashem, as he puts himself into the spheres, as he comes down into our existence, is called Adam Kadmai, right? That's what that's the Kabbalistic name for Hashem, as he relates to our world, basically, right? As he starts coming down and relating to our world. So when we're saying Adam Kiyakar of Mikem, Karban La Hashem, we're not referring to Jewish people, that's why it is singular, not plural, because we're not referring to the nation, we're referring to Hashem, who is one. And Hashem, also the strange syntax, which alerts us that this is not just like a normal scenario, right? This is not just a normal scenario. There's something strange going on in here. It's Hashem, where the, the puzzle is giving us advice. When Hashem brings a carbon from amongst you, meaning when Hashem initiates the relationship, then then you have to respond, you plural, you as in the Jewish people, you as in you as a, as a, as a human being needs to respond. And how do we respond? How do we make that response? Is we bring our own carbon for Hashem, right? We bring our own carbon. And over here, I think the, the, the Alter just like references this, this quickly, but I think it really holds the key to a lot of like, what does it mean to work on my animal? He says, Mina from the animals, Mina Bakar, Mina Tsang, and he lists different kinds of animals, right? There's, and, and he says, the point is that you need to recognize which, what kind of Nefesh Bahamas do I have, right? I have to bring my Nefesh Bahamas as a carbon. So when God brings a carbon, I need to respond with my own. When God reaches out, I need to respond with my own reaching out. But how do I work on myself to become a person that's able to receive higher levels of godliness, that becomes a person that's more aware of Hashem? Valterba says, we have your Nefesh Bahamas. One of the things that's been gifted with is that it's not just like your body, but it has intelligence. And we need to utilize the specific intelligence of your Nefesh Bahamas to transform yourself. So you need to take advantage of the fact that it has a mind, right? Its mind may be like, right, the animal's always facing, the animal's facing down versus the, the godly soul is facing up, right? So facing down means that it's into itself. It's sort of a little bit self-obsessed, right? And that's that's the it's the ego. It's it's all about self-preservation. That's that that's the nefesh Bahamas. So what does it mean to work on the um, on the nefesh Bahamas to transform it to allow it to become more godly? Is I need to tap into that language of my specific nefesh Bahamas, whether it's more of a sheep kind of nefesh Bahamas, which Del Trevor says is more of someone who's like very engaged in worldly pleasures, or if it's more of like an an ox that's like you know, has a very strong temper and like a lot of like um, obvious passion and energy, right? Like whichever kind of Nefesh Bahamas you have, I have to go into that language of my Nefesh Bahamas and by and start to understand. So first, I think it's almost like starting to like, it's a little bit of like a first a self-reflection, like what, what am I, who am I? And what are the words I need to transform myself? What is the language I need to speak with myself to transform myself? And a lot of time I think it takes like looking at like success, other areas in your life where you've had successes 
and seeing what your self what your self-talk was like what was what were the tools that you used in other areas of your life with your animal where was your animal successful how was your animal successful to actually do something and achieve something and we all hopefully have areas where we feel like we were we were successful so let's say you know you're a person who is a very angry person and you've managed to like conquer your anger or you've managed to you know think more before you speak or go, you know, you've managed to become more um, motivated and, and have developed like certain better habits, whatever it is, right? Like, look at where was I successful? What, what, were the, what were the tools that I gave myself that allowed, me to, that allowed my animal to be successful? And so first I identify that. Like, what's the language that my animal relates to that it speaks to? And then I have to try to figure out how can I spin this also in a godly, it, to make this also in a godly um, in a, in a godly way, success, um, godly. I'll give like, uh, a example that I was just thinking about today. I was thinking a few examples. One, one example I was thinking about today, I think something that like is challenging for a lot of us today is like how we engage with, um, technology, right? So how we engage with technology, it's something I think a lot of people are trying to, trying to figure out for themselves, or their kids for, you know, just, you know, how. so, I think uh, a good tool that, like a good like self-talk tool, again, totally not spiritual. Um, what is the purpose of, let's say it's your phone, right? Because that's like the most accessible and therefore most addictive and <laughs> distracting piece of technology most of us have, right? What is the purpose of a phone, right? So let's say I remember this so clearly, like when, cause I'm so old, <laughs> when, <laughs> when I remember my father got his first cell phone, not a smartphone. I was probably in like first grade. I remember my father got a cell phone and it was like extremely exciting. And like, we always could know where my father was. Like, it's like so hard for me to think now that like people used to not know where their spouses were for hours and hours at a time. Right. But like, we, we, we could always know where, where, where he was. Right. And like, that was such an incredible thing, like being able to connect to like, constantly be connected with another person, right? It's not like they leave and say goodbye. Like we have this means for connection with this other person. And now today, what has the, where has that sort of evolved to is that so often um, these, our phones like break us off from connection, right? Like they, they distract us from connecting with other people. So before I start even thinking about like, how this affects my spiritual relationship I start to think like how does this affect me as a human being and what can I focus on like maybe I have to start thinking about you know what is the purpose of this thing and how do I use it more so that it's more in line with its purpose instead of you know negating its purpose right that's like that's like a that's a meditation it's a meditation that is not spiritual yet but then if I keep on going along with that with that same thought process where first I'm just talking to my animal soul on a purely animal level. Like, is this enhancing my life or not? Is this enhancing my connections with the people I care about or not? That's something my animal soul understands and cares about and, and relates to, right? And once I get that to truly like deeply resonate in my mind, because I've thought about it a lot and I've tried to implement small little habits that have helped me, you know, then I can start taking it a step further. It's like, are all these things also in line with its, with its, God, with the godly spark that's within this thing, with its spiritual purpose as well. 
So now it's not just that I've tried to impose a spiritual pur purpose upon it or whatever and upon myself. I've gone through the process of recognizing that there's something deeper here and my animal soul is recognizing there's something and I've opened it up to, to, to having that understanding and that recognition. And slowly but surely I've gotten to a point where like, okay, now my animal soul, soul can understand this in animal words. Right. Something that's godly and holy. Yeah, I just want to bring up, I remember you, you gave this visual at that right. other class. Um, that right. thing is just just really powerful to have here that like I think we're used I remember in high school like my speaking to my teacher about this once we're like you know we're used to having this image of the animals holding all these souls being like two different voices on either side of us like the angel and the devil you know and either soldiers right. on either shoulder right, right? um right but it's actually not like that because I think thinking not of it that way um makes us feel like our animal souls are totally separate and the visual you were giving was like one is inside the other like your animal souls or sorry right. all these souls actually inside of your animal right. soul and the goal is to like make the animal soul transparent almost like a right. like a clear like a window, to the soul. window to the godly soul that's inside of it um exactly. and i think just thinking about it that way makes it a lot like easier to appreciate how like yeah like my human psychology and the way i like the way i function just as a human being like right. can be more or less transparent to that other godly side of me it's not just like two right. separate worlds um right. Like yeah, like you said, like the way I function in my life as a whole, like right. that that can be a that could be a window into being into my spiritual self. Yeah, and it's gonna, and it's going to end up with a much more lasting, real, impactful result because it's coming from my whole self and not just my godly self. Like it's it's not only that it's it's not only that they're not enemies, but if I actually want this to be real and lasting, I need to turn to my godly to my animal soul. Right. It's right. Neat. And, and and in many places, I know uh, the the rep also emphasized how the godly soul, the animal soul, excuse me, has powers that my godly soul doesn't have. So when I harness its power and its energy, I'm able to actually go further than just with the godly soul alone. That's the idea of like Tayu versus Tikkun, or like you know, these are ideas discussed in many places in Hasidus. But but it's like it's not just that it's not just that it's optional to utilize my godly salts i need to because if not i'm if not i'm not actually achieving something that's real right it's almost like if being not, like a healthy human being with like healthy patterns of thinking like and healthy habits like that that's like a part of our body you know, it's the heart of like allowing a you know a godly absolutely. consciousness yeah and also just like being so aware of it's like a certain self-awareness. I was thinking about something else also, just like a, a very like, um, it's an example that's for me, but like, it's just like, it's so, I felt this so true in my life that let's say the awareness that I found uh, as long as let's say I thought of myself and my animal soul, like the way that my mind worked for a long time, I thought of myself, oh, as like an intellectual person that's like very reasonable and rational and like scientific, right? But then like as I got older, I also recognized I have a very strong creative side and like that's very a very intuitive side. Right? So that side of me that's creative is is very doesn't need to break things down and have proofs for things. It like understands things on a very intuitive level. And that plays itself out in lots of areas of my life, right? Like like when I'm creating, which unfortunately is not enough these days, but like that is like it's such a real part of my life. And and that really resonated with me. And as I was thinking about that, I'm like, you know what this does for me is it gets it this transfers to my religious self as well. I can approach Tara from both an intellectual side, right? And like break things down and understand things. And then I also can foster and like 
my emuna and my bitachin, which is something that's like so deep and inherent, like this knowledge of the truth of God and the truth of everything that I'm pursuing. And they're not conflicting. And it's not only, and, and recognizing that this is not only something that's not conflicting on a religious level, but also is just me helped me like reconcile this, that it's not just that I'm being like brainwashed or whatever when I feel like my amuna is something real and true. Because I see that I utilize the same power, it's not, obviously it's not amuna, but it's like the same power of intuition in other areas of my life, right? So it's like this knowledge of my animal soul and how it plays out in my animal soul is also playing out in my real in my Hashem, in my in my spiritual side, and like seeing that it's that it's the same in in, in both parts of my life, like cements it so strongly. Right, and, and actually, because I feel like, yeah, I feel like like the because our resistance sometimes to engage with our Hashem this way is that it feels less real, it feels less true, right? right? Like, like when I'm if I'm um, even just like on a very simple level, like trying to appreciate the greatness of Hashem. So like. On a very, if you if you start on a very like Nefesh of Bahamas level, then you start by thinking about things that are like very very simple, right? Like the fact that right. Hashem could do two things at once and I can't, right. right? Or the fact that Hashem doesn't get overwhelmed by a million details, or the fact that like Hashem created this waterfall, right? And like yeah, beauty, the beauty of the world, I think is a big, is a world. big, yeah, yeah, like things like that. And I think like at least I remember for myself having this experience of feeling like hey, but like for God it's nothing, right? Like for me to like use that as like that's how i'm measuring hashem's greatness that seems so like superficial and like just like just small-minded um and i remember learning this mimer that re resonated so much with me um it was a mimer about a malik i was saying like one of the symptoms of a malik is that you you dismiss miracles and you dismiss it in the name of like being so um so religious because you say like oh but for god it's not a big deal so like why would i be amazed by miracles because hashem doesn't really right and like what the mimer was saying was exactly this point was that like in your life as a human being, you don't relate to the things that way. Like if you see like a really talented musician playing music, you don't say, oh, well, for them, it's not a big deal. I do this every day. Like to you, it's a big deal because you can't do that. Right. So like when you see someone really talented doing something, even if for them, they do it every day. Like you're amazed, like you're inspired by that. You're amazed by that. Like that's that's like something that moves you. And the fact that you're like not applying that to your spiritual life, like there's something there's something off there. There's something you're not that's, that's not like natural to react that right. way, like to over-rationalize right. it. Um, right. And like, I think that's such an like, important idea that like, like, it's not meaning, even if relative to God, this, this isn't like the truest way to see Hashem, like for you it's true, right? Like for me, this is amazing. And that's where my evidence of Hashem starts. And if I'm not starting there, really like what's important. amazing to me? I think that's really important what you just said. Like even if it's not like, you know, we're like pursuing like this perfection in, in our understanding of Hashem, which is never gonna happen. So right. why not develop an understanding of Hashem that's actually going to impact your life instead of like the most uh, ideal, refined, sophisticated understanding? Right. Which again right. has its, has its, has its place. Yeah, uh, like there is a place to like be, be aware that right. there is something beyond my own human experience. My human experience is limited, right. and like this is not really who right. Hashem is, and like or even though my nephew like kisses and touch with something much deeper, but like that can also more. impact our that could that could also for some people that also has a very strong impact on their nephew Bahamas. Like right. that's what their nephew Bahamas needs that like very um uh, uh, this this more like uh, exploring God in a way that you are really like understanding very deeply. Like that's a certain nephew Bahamas might need that also. Right, right. Uh, but I think, like, yeah, but I think just to acknowledge that everyone needs, like, we need to start, right. like, the first of all, Tata means that we need to start with, like, with ourselves. Ourselves, yeah. Like, what, what, what is, what's true for me? You know, like, 
what does truth look like in my own limited world? Like what is inspiring in my own limited world, you know? Um, what is inspiring in my world? What's, what, what's change in my world? What makes change possible in my world? Like right. where, like all, all these, like these smaller things from my world, that is, I think, uh, it, just interesting I said like that's what the Israel Sata is it's, it's really starting from me right right like where am I actually yeah like I feel like sometimes making these like very small like changes right. in our habits feels like that's not about Hashem you know that's just like you know right. but like yeah part of Hashem means like working at wherever I'm at if this is where I'm at as a human being that is my Hashem you know and you know a big part of this memory is also that and you know like we see with the with the Pesach Shavuos um short of paradigm that's set up is that we are then met with Hashem meets us when we do these small things Hashem meets us like you'll get gifted with like deeper revelations into him from doing this right right, right you know right. it's not it just does it doesn't just end with me it doesn't just end in this smaller in this smaller space it, it does it elevates us and takes us to that higher space as right. well right yeah yeah so Nice. So should we go yeah. back? So we, we read a little piece of the mimer, um yes. in the middle. Um, are we going to shift to the end <laughs> Sorry. So we can start, I guess, with... Um, oh, but, so before we get into into reading it inside with the Sphira over here, yeah. I just wanted to mention also that the Inasihan Parashas Emar, which is coming up anyway, so also timely, the Rebbe also draws a parallel between um, Sphira and he says that Sphira is the time of Pesach, Sphira, and Shvuis is reflected in the Pasuk from Shira Shira, Mishcheni, Acharecha, Nerutza, Avieni, Amel, Chadra, which the, the um, altar of also references in this mimer. Um, Mishcheni means I will draw you, then Acharecha, Nerutza, after you, um, after you we will run, and then the king has brought us into his chambers. So, um, the Rebbe says, Mishchini is also singular. I will draw you. That's Hashem. That's Pesach. That's Hashem drawing us out of Mitzrayim. Then we need to have the Acharecha Narutza, that we are running after you. And um, the Rebbe points out, it's not just plural we as in the Jewish people, but it's plural both my souls. Both my souls are now involved. Because Mishchini, the drawing is singular because it's only drawing out a one part of myself. Right? It's only when it comes from Hashem, it's only impacting my nefesh, Eli Kiss, versus the Acharecha Neruta, is both of us, both of us, my whole, my whole package of myself, my nefesh Bahamas, and my nefesh Eli Kiss, are both involved in the pursuing of God, because that's what the work is when I'm doing it, and then eventually we go into God's private chambers, which is like the higher level of revelation that we receive, which is Shavuos, after we do the work of running after him. So that's just another interesting point, but it's not brought in this memory in exactly those words. So, um, but so should I start with Vihine al Pikal Hanal? Yeah. So it's the wanna... last um, paragraph of the mimer on the next page on on uh, page Gimel. Um, there's a, it's like a paragraph um, like in the middle of the first column. That's where we're gonna start. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Vihine al Pikal Hanal. According to everything we've said, Yuvan Gam Kane Indian Pesach Vesphira Samar will also understand the whole concept of Pesach and Sphira. Keep a Pesach who is Rusa Dalila. Pesach is this arousal from above, Urar is Rusa Dalasata, that will arouse is Rusa Dalasata, the arousal from below. But is Rusa Dalila who Urar Haratse Benefesh Ali Kiss, 
And what is the point of the Isra Sadilayla? It's supposed to arouse the Ratsoi, the reaching out, the um, the longing of the Nakshalikis. But the Nefesh Bahamas hasn't been impacted at all. It hasn't changed yet. This is what I mentioned before. That's why it says that the nation ran. They had to escape because it was only their Nefesh being impacted. This is also addressed in Tanya. Um, and this is similar to this idea of what a man brings to amongst you. Um, the sound of my beloved is leaping over the hill. Um, basically, we're not going to get into all those references, but it's um, basically Hashem, the sound of my beloved, the sound of Hashem is pulling us out. That's the idea of Pesach. Pesach is, is, is compared to this time. And therefore, after this, take right away, immediately. So it's not like we give it any time, any break that we wait, because if you do, it's going to just disappear. Right away, on the second day of Pesach, we start to bring the carbon iron, which is barley, which is animal food. So that means what are we trying to do over here? We're trying to fix the animal. We're trying to we're, we're going into the realm of the animal. We're going to um, refined enough Shabbat Hamas, Usfirsa Aimer, and during Sfirsa Aimer, Usfartam Lachem, Bechinus Berazai, Midas, then of Shabbat What is the whole point of um, Sfira is to refine our seven Midas of our Nefesh Shabbat Hamas. Vehu Keinian, Mina Behema, Mina Bakar, Chuluta Krivu. And this is the whole idea from the animal, from the Bakar, you should bring the carbon. Dehainu, Isrusa de Lasata, it's our job. We're the one bringing the carbon this time. Vazai, Ayadeza, and that's why through this, Acharkach, Beshvuas, afterwards in Shuash, Matantera, we have Matantera, Hubachinas, Isrusa de Laela, it's another Isrusa de Laela, Shaachar, Isrusa de Lasata, that comes after the arousal from below that we've done. His scholars were tiny, after we've sort of put in our um, effort from below. And the last two paragraphs talk about an idea that we didn't really get into yet. So we'll we'll um, leave those maybe for another time if we have if we have more time. But right. yeah. Cool. Any closing thoughts before we uh, we end off here? <laughs> no. So I think like the you know we speak about this idea all the time, and and the whole Tanya is really based on this idea of like the Nefesh Bahamas and the Nefesh Kiss and the, and the fight <laughs> and the struggle and also the and, but but the big word also is the refinement. And it's important to, and there's all through Tanya, I, I noticed the, a number of places where like, um, I wish I had examples here, but like, I don't have them out in my pocket. But um, where like the Altarba actually gives you words for talking to your Nefesh Bahamas. There is actually a very powerful one at the end of Paraglamid Aleph, one of my favorite pieces of Tanya, where the Altarba literally gives you words. This is you speaking to your Nefesh Bahamas in like an animal language. And, and that's a huge part of our Vaida is to talk with ourselves and to learn the language of our own personal animal learn what and, and that's the only way to actually change yourself is to is to know yourself and and to and to relate to to yourself and so, so not to divorce the, their spiritual side from that because that's that's not the point that's not what we're trying to do right and i feel like in a way so, yeah. the struggle of of this aspect of it is that it's so individual um for sure you know like it's so unique to your own what your own struggles are what your own personality is or circumstances, you know, what you, the things you've worked on already in your life, the things that you haven't, you know, and like right. so much, um, yeah, it takes a lot of like self-awareness um, to do this Absolutely. properly, you know? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> like, like um, someone said after uh, the share that you mentioned before <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's like therapy for your soul. That's really what it is. You have to like, you know, really, really talk it out with your, <laughs> with yourself. Right. It's not just like, it's, you know, it's not just um. It's work. That's what it is. It's work. <laughs> right. True. True. Avida. Like. Right. And that's really what uh, I guess spirit timer is all about. Yes. <laughs> we're in now. Awesome. Thank you so much, CC. This was a wonderful <laughs> to revisit this moment. <laughs> and for anyone who wants to learn yeah. the whole thing, it's in the Kutaytara, the very beginning of the Kutaytara. Um, beautiful mimer to learn. So, I hope yeah. this helps. <laughs>